I often hear about educators who feel isolated in their leadership role as though they are stuck on an island. Where do we go to get connected with other leaders and increase our knowledge to be the best educators possible? My guests today are part of an amazing team who started with a small strategy that led to an impactful movement. Ray Hewitt and Jeff Gargas are my guests and half of the Teach Better team as they are here to share about how to get connected to become the best leaders. Before we begin, I want to invite you to an event that was just announced by Todd and Sloney called Celebrate Your Story. This two-day event will be January 24th and 25th in Brenham, Texas. I'll be speaking at this event with some of my Texas friends, and it's going to be an incredible experience. Todd has made the event incredibly inexpensive, and we are truly looking to provide enriching professional development for those who are looking to grow in their craft. If you want more details, go to joshstamper.com to sign up. Now let's hear from our guests, Ray and Jeff, as they share their journey as the Teach Better team. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Ray and Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having us, man. We're so excited to be here. I don't know how we convinced Jeff to be on here, but I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Well, I know how you guys are on the podcast. You are an amazing team. And as you know, this show is centered on leadership development. But before we dive into that topic, I'd love to hear how the Teach Better team was constructed. Jeff, that's all you, buddy. That's, so, all right. So, yeah. So, the Teach Better team was uh, interesting form, and so uh, it was originally started with myself and, and a buddy of mine, Chad Ostrowski. Uh, Chad was uh, was teaching in a, a high needs urban district and uh, was struggling severely. And I won't go into super all details about that, uh, but he eventually, he basically just had what he'll tell you is the worst year of his life. And he went to research to figure out what he could do to solve all these problems he was having in his classroom. And he created out of necessity really for himself, what we now call the grid method, which is one of the things that kind of led to the start of it. And then what happened was essentially Chad started seeing success in his classroom with kids that had never really seen success before. And a lot of his colleagues started to take note. His, his admin team started to take note. So he started getting a lot of questions, getting stopped in the hallways a lot. And he had an idea of creating an ebook, put it up online to let his colleagues go get all the information a lot quicker because he had people come to him saying, like, hey, how are you getting this kid or that kid to, to pay attention, work hard? Like, I want to help, you know, I want to do this type of thing. Uh, and I think the biggest thing was there was a, a veteran teacher who was a mentor of Chad's that came down to his room and said, hey, man, like, what are you doing? Because I just spent an entire classroom. My kids tell me I don't know how to teach because you teach the right way. And I know how to teach. And Chad was like, okay, I'm on to something. So he called me at that time. I was in the, uh, I was running a, a marketing firm. Uh, I did online marketing. So website design, SEO, social media, content marketing, all that type of stuff. Chad and know we know each other from a, a past life. And uh, so he came to me about doing this ebook and the story that I tell all the time is that I was driving around my neighborhood for about an hour and a half listening to him about what it had done for him and his students and him for him as a teacher and a, a husband and a, a, a father. And I told him, I said, I said, dude, we're not just doing an ebook. We've got to do something more. We've got to tell people about this. We met up for wings at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> and I told him, like, I think we need to start something. <laughs> and then uh, we, we started. So we started just by creating a whole lot of content, putting things out. We had an online course about it. We started trying to get Chad into as many conferences as possible. And uh, after, you know, 18 months, almost two years of just grinding it out, you know, 10, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. essentially, uh, we were we actually ended up 
connecting with and, and signing a deal with and working with our first school district, uh, you know, on a big thing, which, which led to Chad having to step out of the classroom, mm-hmm. uh, but allowed us to then really increase that impact that we were doing. And fast forward a little further down the way, we convinced Tiffany Ott to come on and hang out with us a little bit. Uh, and then fast forward a little bit further, and I just in a total creep fashion tech, uh, messaged Ray on, <laughs> on Twitter. We met up for a Google Hangout, and she thought I was just going to sell her this grid method thing. I just wanted to connect i got off that google hangout i called chad immediately i was sitting in the panera by the window by the fireplace i know exactly where i was and i called him and i'm like hey i just found our next teammate and he's like what <laughs> and, I, and i just kind of started like blurred i'm like she does this thing in her classroom it's like i think she calls to teach further i really don't know what it is but it sounds really cool i always joke that we kind of courted her for the next couple of months as we got <laughs> to know each other and then she came on board and then uh you know then here we are right that's pretty much it right right yeah, we haven't uh, done anything so, since I joined. Nah. So no. The biggest, the, the big shift was when, you know, everything started with the grid method. But then when we brought like Tiffany and Ray and as we really started doing things, one, we realized that the grid method is a big, big shift for, for educators and not everyone's ready to make that shift. So we, we knew we had to create things for all the little pieces because they're all best practices. And then Tiffany and Ray each brought their own specialty, their own, their own uh, background and their own uh, ideas to the table. We just started doing a lot more than just the grid method. And there was sort of this confusion about the fact that we did all that. And so we eventually flipped uh, a little over a year ago, we flipped the name to the Teach Better brand. And that was a really, really good idea. Yes, it was. It, it worked was. out really well. So, so Ray, yeah. how, did, uh, how did that come to be as far as the courting process? What led you to <laughs> start working with Ooh, these Oh, yeah, I want to hear this. Okay, Josh, you don't understand because I was in the final semester of my master's program and I realized I was a course short, mm. literally. And it's that moment where every educator's like, no, right? I thought I was done in May. And so I had the option of going an extra semester for my master's or doubling up on coursework. So I, of course, doubled up because I was absolutely going to be done with this master's, whether <laughs> no matter what my life depended on it. So I took a tech class. And the tech class, one of the assignments was to create a Twitter account. And I was like, oh, like a Twitter? Like, I don't even know what Twitter is. It's a lot of reading, blah. Mm -hmm. And so I made an account just for the sake of like checking the box that I did what the course required. And I started to keep a log through this course of like, you know, following people, learning about what hashtags are. And throughout my time, Dave Burgess, asked me if I would host his Twitter chat, the Teach Like a Pirate chat, Mm -hmm. T-L-A-P. And I was like, I have no business hosting a chat, much less that crazy one. And I did my best, but it was like absolutely a whirlwind and about the coolest thing that Dave Burgess like messaged me on Twitter because I had read his book and I I was a dorky fan. And while I was hosting the chat, the Teach Better team, which at the time was the grid method on Twitter, reached out and just said, hey, we really love what you're doing. But when I reached out, I, I was just trying to be polite. I was like, hey, thanks, right? I don't know what the grid method is. It, to me, from the outside, it looked like some massive company that was just going to sell me something. <laughs> and wanted to be polite. I was like, I really appreciate that. Thank you. It was you know, a crazy chat. And my message showed up on Jeff Gargas's phone. And he was like, hey, let's connect further. So he asked for Google Hangout. And at the time, I was like, gosh, I'm in this like vicious circle. He's going to try and sell me something. Like, who's this random guy on the internet? Long story short, after months of kind of talking and 
kind of figuring out what in the world I could offer this company that was seemingly already doing incredible things. It was an honor to join this crazy clan of educators, but I had never met them. So it wasn't until months and months later that we met in person. And now I'm happy to say that I am about the biggest pain in Jeff's ass. And it's awesome. It was his also, best worst decision. I will also agree to that. So, <laughs> so it's it's funny, you know. At the time when we had uh, Amber was our our social media manager, so like I didn't pay attention to any of the things that came through. I just knew Amber had it like that, but I still got the notifications on my phone. But I normally just looked and was like, okay, stuff's going on. That's good. That's cool. We're like doing stuff on social. That's great. And I just it was so it was a really weird moment where I just happened to look in her handle at the time just caught my attention and I jumped in and her and Amber had went back and forth with mm-hmm. the conversation that she said. And I'm like, Hey, right. You know, Jeff here, da, 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 and asked. And so I remember another, another time Chad and I were on the road. Cause that's, we were just always on the road together at that time. And we were like, we did another hangout with you so you can meet Chad and Chad and I are like squished together, like in this trying <laughs> to fit into the, so, so we're trying to fit And Chad, Chad has, has an inst- sort of a natural instinct to like, hog the camera so we're like huddled in this little hotel room like all squished together trying to talk to him like afterwards i'm like what did she think like what <laughs> i can't imagine what she's thinking right now but you know it worked out worked out all right huh it was it was an incredible experience <laughs> i actually wasn't sure about them i wasn't even sure about mastery learning to be honest i didn't think that that was something that actually was a thing i knew that personalizing students approach to learning was a valuable concept but I didn't actually think that it was scalable, especially not in my classroom. I work in a public school setting. We have a ton of issues with behavior. You know, we have all the struggles that every middle school does with hormones and everything in between. I mean, truly, when I met them, uh, I had no idea, but they not only changed my professional life, but they they completely changed my classroom experience as well. It's been a wild ride the past few years. So talking about wild rides, I want to segue a little bit because you talked about a Twitter chat with Uh, Dave Burgess, but you all have a Twitter chat, and I had the pleasure of hosting, and it was a whirlwind. I think I'm going to use the same (laughs) verbiage as what you use for the TLAP Twitter chat. So for those who haven't been a part of your all's amazing Twitter chat, will you just explain what that is to our aspiring leaders? Yeah, sure. So our Twitter chat on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time goes an hour. We go full hour, 8 to 9 o'clock there. Uh, we do typically around six questions, sometimes seven questions. Uh, we almost always have guest hosts. Occasionally, our, you know, some of our team does it, but typically it's a guest host and a wide, wide variety of topics. It's hashtag mastery chat is what we do. So we do have a it's it's a it's grown it's pretty incredible how it's grown. You know, we, we started the first several, probably, I don't know how many. We started doing it, I think, once a month, and then we moved to once every other every other week, and now we do it every week. But those first, I don't know, probably two, three months, there was like seven or eight people that were on the chat, and four or five of them were our team. So it wasn't much going on, but it grew and grew and grew and started to gain a little bit of momentum. Then we started doing Facebook Lives. We'd go live beforehand to talk about what was coming up, and then we, we did the recap afterwards to talk about it. We no longer do the, the the before chat lives. We now still do the reca- the recaps because that really is where we dig into things. Uh, but it's grown now. We have you know on average we have you know 100 150 educators from all over the world uh, that get in. I mean primarily in the United States, but we have many many chats where we have up to five six different countries represented. Um, every different level of education. You got superintendents in there. You got elementary, middle, high c- college professors in there. I mean it's just such a cool variety of people that meet up every. Um, week. And I think the thing I love most about it is that 
It's at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So it's after everyone's, you know, everyone's already done their full day of working, right? Yep. And dealt with God knows what in their classrooms or in their buildings or whatever all day long. And they still sit down for an hour and participate in this chat to learn. And that's like one of the coolest things I think is the, that really, really, in my opinion, highlights the, the awesomeness that is educators that are, you know, that, that, that do that, the dedication, the passion. So it's super fun. So hopefully if you're listening, you'll come join us on the next Thursday. So, so Ray, the uh, entire team is very active on social media. You all blog, you have the podcast, and now you just had a book come out. Have you noticed a difference at your own school in regards to how people view your expertise? You know, I I should talk about my school a little bit. I student taught in the building that I teach in right now. I student taught there and just fell in love with the community, with the with the clientele, with the staff. And I my first few years teaching, I actually taught somewhere else, and I was fortunate enough to come back. And the reason I wanted to work at Evans Junior High in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois, is because it was a progressive school. The teachers were innovative. The teachers were passionate. It was a young staff and everyone was just on their own journey of better, which, which, you know, now is something that I, you know, something that we as a team love. What I didn't realize at the time was, is that that wasn't the only way to learn. At the time when I graduated college, I was like, I need to be in a building so I can learn from all the amazing educators around me. And so it's been wonderful, not only being back in that building, and working with those amazing educators, that then I can also continue to expand my network even further by connecting with educators across the country, across the world. I love my time at Evans, but my experience has absolutely changed just because I started there like fresh out my senior year in college. I student taught for a full school year with some of the most incredible mentors on this planet. And now, you know, being able to see, you know, seven years later, kind of all the bits and pieces I've been able to pick up along the way. I'm very, very fortunate in my building. And I won't lie to you, I continue to learn a whole lot from the staff that I work with. So it's a, it's a really cool blend to not just be learning virtually, but to be learning with great colleagues as well. It's, there's a big difference when you, when you are fortunate enough to work in a building with staff that's really innovative. Jeff, you are outside of the educational space. So what do you find to be the most difficult part of being a leader outside of a campus? I consider myself inside the education space, even though I'm not, you know, I, I've never had my own K-12 you know, classroom. It, it was definitely a challenge in the beginning, a lot of self-doubt. And I'd be lying if I say it doesn't happen every now and then still. Sure. Uh, I'm very transparent about it. I don't, you know, I never say anything about, you know, I don't ever pretend that I that I'm in a classroom. I did teach at Kent State University for a couple of years and as as an adjunct, but a, a little bit different experience there. But uh, it's the challenge has definitely been just a lot of the the day to day lingo that teachers use and things that they have to deal with that you really just don't necessarily come across or deal with or, or hear about unless you're in a building all the time. I've learned a lot of that. So I think I'm pretty good now, but uh, that was definitely the biggest challenge was a lot of little things like that. So, you know, all the abbreviations for the state test and the different pieces of software or curriculum and all those types of things, that's definitely a challenge. I think right now, the current challenge, I mean, when it comes to training and working with the best practices that we train on the things that we do, I'm super, super comfortable. I'm all, you know, I'm in those trainings. I'm working with teachers. I, you know, I love doing that. It's, it's so much fun. Probably my biggest challenge is, if, is when we get deep into the curriculum mm -hmm. uh, because I've never had to really pick apart, you know, specific 
curriculums and deal with that, you know, the curriculums that are put on people and stuff like that and the standards and stuff. But but working with, especially when we're working, you know, with teachers breaking down standards, creating targets and aligning stuff like that, I've gotten a lot of experience in that. So but that was definitely probably my biggest struggle when we first started everything was just learning all of that. Uh, but you know, I've always been one who who learns by by Googling and by by just getting into it and I Ray smiling because I, I think it was the last time we were together and you asked me something and you saw that I Google and you're like, Oh, you really do Google everything. Cause I tell them all the time. I'm like, Oh, like get a question from the team. They'd be like, how do you do this? I'm like, Oh, like this. And they're like, well, I didn't know you knew that. I'm like, I didn't, I literally Googled it while we were talking to me. So yeah. like, I've always learned that way. So I've always taken on things that I wasn't necessarily trained to take on and, and taught myself. So that was definitely the biggest challenge, but I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't think I worry about it too much anymore at this point. Can I tell you, Jeff does not give himself like oh, much geez. credit at all. <laughs> so I just want to say one thing, like the Teach Better team does a whole lot of stuff. Like you listed it before. We just published a book. We have a podcast that publishes three episodes a week. We have our blogs. We have free downloads. We do virtual learning, online courses, all that great stuff. But we mostly like the biggest chunk of what the team does is Chad and Jeff traveling around the country working with districts with for like three to five years on a implementation on a new initiative that they're working on. So whether it be like mastery learning or community engagement or standard-based grading or anything in between, it's not just going into a district and doing a two-day workshop. It's going to a district, hosting that two-day workshop, and then being back in those classrooms over 10 times throughout the year. And like Jeff refuses to give himself any credit for them. Like he's probably in schools as often as I'm in schools and I'm a full-time sixth grade math teacher. And I really think that like, that's really hard to grasp because I don't really know anybody else doing it that way. But I think it's the only way that we can personalize our teachers' professional development is by really getting in the trenches with them, seeing what their classroom looks like, meeting their students, and then beginning that brainstorming. So Jeff, while I like to pick on you and anybody who listens to Teach Better Talk podcast is going to be so confused that I'm ringing your praises, I just want to make sure that like you never give yourself credit for that. And, and it's a big deal. I love Jeff's story just because of where he's come from and how he's impacting education. So I love his transparency. And Jeff has been a huge component to my own journey in, in leadership and with the podcast. So Okay, don't be so nice to him. <laughs> it's, it's, he's not that great. Okay. Laying on a little thick here, guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa. For real, though. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to uh, throw that out there, too. So, Ray, I wanted to come back to you because you just said you're a math teacher, but I also feel as though you are leaders. Was there a point that was maybe a challenge that really helped enhance your skills as a leader? Yeah, my, my time in education is a little odd. You know, I get to see education a few different ways now, being a, I'm a full-time classroom teacher and being with the Teach Better team and I am teaching a course at Illinois State University, so I'm kind of working with a lot of different variations of students and a lot of different uh, variations of teachers. One of my biggest experiences, though, I think that really shaped, at least in some extent, how I am now is uh, my struggles as a student. I had an IEP growing up. I was diagnosed SLD in second grade, and um, still, Jeff will tell you, uh, not a good reader, and I can't spell for, uh, I mean, I'm the worst speller on earth. I just want that made known. The fact that I can spell my last name is a big deal. I really think that 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 experience shaped a lot of how I wanted to go into education because I was the classic kid that sat in back and 43 minutes into the class period, but two minutes before the bell rang, 
the teacher would be like, oh, I just realized Ray didn't learn a single thing today. <laughs> so um, while that really felt like a neon sign I wore above my head for the majority of my, my time in school before I dropped services my sophomore year, I think that shaped a lot of now how I'm able to work with people. I thought of it as a negative for a long time, but I think with the team, it really balances things out that mm-hmm. I really like to operate making things as simple as possible. Because to be honest, I have had a fear for a long time of not understanding complex situations. So it's kind of fun being a leader, trying to see the perspective from the struggling student lens, I guess. Jeff, in your experience, which leadership skills were the most difficult to develop? I think, honestly, probably one of, one of the most difficult, and I think it is for a lot of people, is the, the ability to delegate properly and to trust people to take things on. Uh, Ray will tell you I still struggle with that a lot, where I, I'm pretty quick to say, hey, there's this new thing we're doing. Oh, I'll do that. I got it. And sometimes Ray will have to be like, hey, like we have other people here that can do this. Uh, and it's tough as a leader, especially when you're building something. And it's the same thing when you're in a school, when you're trying to run a school and you, you have a vision that you want to create and you know what needs to be done. Being able to effectively find the right person to take on a task or a responsibility or, or a role or whatever it might, or a project lead or department chair or whatever it might be, find the right person for that properly and clearly communicate what the expectations are, what the goals are, and then to trust that person while still verifying things are going well, but to trust that person to take it on and do it. I think it's probably been one of the hardest things for me my entire life. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a background in the, the service industry and in, you know, the hospitality industry and in the entertainment industry, all, all places where I've been, you know, I've been in management, I've been in supervisor positions and stuff. And then I've, I've started of several businesses, including obviously this one and the, the ability to properly delegate to and create and build a team, build that atmosphere and that culture that, that creates what you're trying to build is, is tough. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably the hardest thing for me. Ray, what is one initiative you've led or implemented on your campus that you're extremely proud of? You know, I've had a lot of leadership roles. I really love being a part of that end of, you know, supporting the whole school as a as a culture. But I, you know, when I joined the team, one of the biggest pieces I loved was the community part, the community engagement element. I think there's so many things that we can focus on in schools, but one of my biggest passions is the need for relevancy. So the Teach Further model was something that I have done a lot with, and I'm so lucky to be able to work with teachers on creating themed internships in their school buildings for their students to really see the relevancy behind their content by partnering with local businesses. And for me, this really fulfilled two big elements in my classroom. You know, I I love the idea of students being engaged in their learning, and I love the idea of the students intentionally seeing that umbrella of purpose every moment within their learning. So by a student walking in and taking on a real world career that exists in their community, they're, they're no longer asking the question of why is this important for me to learn because they're, they're really experiencing the relevancy along with their community. So when they step outside the classroom, they're seeing that classroom in action by being an active participant in the community. So I have to say that's one that I'm so passionate about. The other element of that, though, is the mastery learning piece. I, I'm honestly, I don't know that I've said this out loud, but I'm so proud that I figured it out. Like I... I was, I thought I was a good teacher. I really did. I care about my students. And, you know, like I said, I I really do want to engage them. But a huge part of that is also being held accountable as an educator to teach standards and ensure that, you know, we're doing well for um, our students and doing them justice. So being able to use mastery learning to ensure that my content's rigorous and working with teachers to build that while also kind of using the teach further model to 
provide that engagement and relevancy has kind of created a really fun little academic sandwich to work with teachers on. And it really solves two problems that I think are, are massive needs in our in our classroom. So that that was probably a, a it's a really cool thing that I have the ability to lead a lot of different places. Jeff, the Teach Better team has so many projects going on from the Twitter chat, like we talked about, to the Facebook Live sessions, to even the Teach Better podcast. So for those looking to enhance their skills, will you just share how each medium will help their journey in education? Yeah. So oh, that's a good question, Josh. That's uh, yes. I mean, obviously, you know, we have we have yeah a lot of different ways to, to do that. So the Master Chat we mentioned, uh, I think, is an awesome place for one, just learn it. It's awesome PD because we cover so many different topics, but also it's a great place for connecting with others and having really meaningful, powerful conversations and then building those relationships. Uh, so I think that's a great way to build your PLN in a digital space there. Uh, we actually have the Teach Better Academy, teachbetteracademy.com, where we have online courses. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of free courses on there, paid courses, and we have a subscription model. Nine bucks a month gets you everything we have there too. Uh, so there's a lot of different topics there. We're creating courses every like 30 to 45 days. We're kind of in a hold pattern right now as we get through the conference and the book launch and stuff, but then we'll be back to getting that every, every, every 30 to 45 days there. So lots of great stuff there for learning a lot of different, um, topics there. We're starting, we're, we're preparing to work with, um, uh, outside course creators as well coming in. So you're going to have even more voices, more choices in there and stuff as well. Uh, the podcast, so teach better talk, I think is an awesome place. You know, we, we chat with just amazing educators. Um, and like Ray said, there's three episodes every week. Two of those episodes are conversations with an ed educator. And the third episode is a, a, a bonus episode. So that's either a, a replay of either a podcast that we've been on, or maybe a keynote or a conference spot or workshop or whatever, something like that. Or we do a lot of audio blogs. So we're taking some of the amazing pieces that people over at teachbetter.com are writing for us and putting them in the audio form. So there's three, three pieces of content you can grab in your ears every week there with Teach Better Talk. Uh, we have Teach Better Conference coming up uh, in November 8th and 9th in Ohio, which you're coming out to as well. You're not only speaking, but you're also bringing the podcast there. Do some other stuff. We're super excited about that. So obviously, that's a great learning opportunity for anyone who can come out. You can, I mean, you're, you're talking about uh, how many sessions do we have, right? <laughs> a lot of sessions on a wide, wide range of topics by a wide, wide range of people and all different types of aspects of the of education. Uh, also a great place for networking. Uh, we're really focused on the network and building those relationships there. Just the website in general. So teachbetter.com, we've got, there's blogs over there, there's videos, there's tutorials, there's all sorts of downloadable content that you can use for, for not for, for learning, but also, you know, utilizing your classroom. There's, you know, there's observed me poster downloads, there's inspirational poster downloads, there's all kinds of cool stuff. We've got some other stuff in the works. So we do have the book out. The book just came out, which I think could be a great tool for someone to learn from. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, so you can get that on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, over at the, or over at the, the website as well. So Teach Better that we just came out. That's a really that's another aspect. Uh, we do have other things in the works. I've already said it on one other podcast, so I'll just go ahead and spill the beans. Yeah, that we're, you got to break yeah. it here. That we're working on 2020, going to be launching potentially a, uh, we're going to be launching a speakers bureau representing other. Whoa, educators. whoa, whoa. <laughs> we are announcing that? So I already did on another podcast. You didn't, you didn't see me on. Apparently not. Apparently not. Yes. Well, thousands of other people did. So we're supposed to like talk about possibly <laughs> announcing that this weekend, like discussing the topic and yet you're outing us here. Uh, I think that's all of our channels. Did I cover all of our platforms and our mediums and every what else do we do, right? 
Well, so I think the question was like, (laughs) what can you get from all these mediums? And the reality is, is like, we originally started with, ooh, live PD, that's how you support teachers. I forgot and to then say we, we realized, also do live PD, yeah, occasionally. <laughs> yeah, occasionally, like meaning every day. But the what we realized is like, we can only be in one or two schools a day. So what else can we do to support teachers? So that's where the blogs and the online courses and the free downloads and the all these pieces came out because we wanted to be in more classrooms more frequently, even if we physically weren't there. So, you know, the book's a great way to do that. I love the conference. The speaking bureau, though, is that that another leg of that is is how do we get even more people to support educators as frequently as possible? So that's kind of what Teach Better is all about. Like we have this philosophy of teaching better today than you did yesterday and teaching better tomorrow than you did today. We're not here to compare ourselves to the people down the hall. We're just on this pursuit of better. And so whether you're ready for like a really tall, you know, small, tiny step of pursuing better, you know, go read a blog on a new topic, or you want to do something like a massive change, like taking an online course with a workbook, or um, want to have a brainstorming session, like no matter what you're looking for, we're trying to provide it um, and make sure that it's accessible for you when you're ready for that step. She did that a whole lot better than I did, I think. <laughs> That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> so, Jeff, you mentioned it. So, for those who haven't had the opportunity to read your new book, um, Teach Better, can you just give a quick synopsis for our aspiring leaders? Yeah. So, the book, uh, actually written by the, f- the four of us, it's uh, myself and Ray and Chad Ostrowski and Tiffany Ott. And the book is a really cool, it's a it's a blend of, it's packed with tactical things that you can take back and put into action right away in your classroom, in your building, in your district. And it's kind of, but those are all woven together by stories from, from our lives, from our journey, separate journeys, and then our journey together. And then also some outside uh, folks that we brought in to share stories as well that connect to each of the chapters. So it's, it's heavily focused on this, on the teach better mindset and sort of how you can get yourself there. And, but then what we wanted to do is not just say, Hey, you got to change your mind. You got to, you know, you got to think this way. You got to always be trying to prove. We wanted to also give you tactical pieces that you can actually take back and put in place. And we, we loaded up with that. So it's, it's a cool mix. I think a cool blend of us. We were very, very vulnerable in this book. So there's a lot of stories that none of us have told to a lot of people until this book, there's going to be things that I think our parents find out that maybe they didn't know and friends and family, but we really wanted to bring the readers into our world and let them understand how we're connected and make them feel that we're all about that so that they could receive that message the right way and and go be better tomorrow than they were today. Uh, And then we also wanted to provide the actual like I said, those tactical pieces that they get actually used to go do that with. So I think the book blends together nicely. Both. I think the layout is my favorite part of the book. So I'm super excited to not only see people, you know, taking selfies with the book, like we've seen all over social media, Mm -hmm. but actually starting to do those like book snaps where they're grabbing quotes that are meaningful Mm -hmm. to them, because no matter if you're sitting down at the end of the night, you just read one page. We're hoping that that one page has a story that you connect with and has multiple takeaways that you can implement tomorrow so i think the layout is super tasteful and i'm eager to actually hear we've actually created also a free book study uh that's available over at teachbetteracademy.com it's free and it walks you through every chapter so there's three pieces to every chapter there's a pre-reading which gets you in the mindset gets you ready to consume the content there's a durham reading which is just guiding you what you should be thinking, what you can be doing during the reading to get the most out of it. And then there is a teach better challenge at the end of each chapter. That's 
helps you grab what you took away from that chapter and actually put it into into use. And super excited about that. Uh, there's been great feedback on that book study so so far, uh, and we're, we're, we love hearing how people are, are utilizing it, what they're getting from it, and stuff like that too. So, in closing, I want to ask this question for both of you. For those who do not hold a leadership position, what are some other ways our aspiring leaders can make an immediate impact? Oh God, there are so many ways. I mean, I just was listening to something where we were talking about leadership and a leader, there's two different types of leaders. One who has a college certificate that says you should be one and the other where you've decided that you're ready to make the impact that you've always wanted to make. So if you're able to lead your students in a classroom, you are able to be a leader for your colleagues, your peers, your community, and anything in between. So if you're looking to get started in that and you don't feel like you've gotten the start that you've hoped for, you need to get on social media. And I don't care what platform, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or something else in between and start making a connection because there is no way that you have survived any moment in a classroom and you don't have anything to share from it. So that insight is, is extremely valuable. Um, you know, Jeff usually takes this quote, but I'm going to beat him to it, that every problem that exists in education, the solution exists in a classroom. We just don't know where it is yet. And so if you took a moment and actually shared out all the things that are going on, we would really have a, a massively powerful movement in education where we could really reach the students that we need to be reaching. So whether it's, you know, trying to be a guest blogger somewhere, you know, come blog with teachbear.com, we'll figure out how to support you with that. Or being on a podcast and sharing your insight there or participating in a Twitter chat, go hop on to mastery chat or TLAP chat and, you know, share a tweet that th those to me are all ways that you can make education better through a leadership role. So I got to first give credit that the, the quote's actually Chad. Chad says that all the time. So I can't take credit. I got to give Chad credit there. I just I think stole the, it from you. Yeah, that's fine. That's, I think the I think the biggest piece, honestly, is to is to first realize that you don't have to have a leadership position to be a leader. Ray already sort of touched on this. You're already a leader, uh, and you can lead in so many different ways. It doesn't. You don't have to have a certain title. You don't have to even have a certain degree or anything like that to to be a leader and if you have this if you aspire to be a leader just start leading ray already laid out like how you can do that and another way if stepping into someone else's classroom to help them just asking your colleague down the hall right next door what can i do to support you how can i help you or stepping up finding that leadership that opportunity in your school or in your district of helping out or in your community whatever it might be finding a way that you can help other people be better I think that's the step. And I think the very first step is realizing that you don't have to have that title. You don't have to be in that certain position. You you can be a leader today. So, Well, and, and not to dwell on this, but you may also have the degree that says you should be a leader and you may not be acting like one. Mm -hmm. So if you're mm. listening to this right now and you have that amazing certificate that says, hey, you're going to impact students in a way that many don't have that opportunity because you have your administrative leadership degree or whatever, I really want you to be reflective. You know, are you leading and are you impacting students the way that you always imagined when you worked your butt off to get that degree? And if not, you probably need to start by listening more. And second, you need to start asking more questions. Mm -hmm. Because if you really want to be the leader that you hopefully aspired to be when you started your journey with it, 
it would be student focused and student driven. The first step with that is, is involving teachers in the process. So I think there's so much power in this topic. I love that your podcast focused on this and I'm sure, confident that your network is doing so much to be strong leaders because well, you provide so much you know insight on this podcast. It's a great topic. How can our listeners connect with you on social media? You absolutely should go hunt down at Teach Better Team on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we have an amazing Facebook group at Teach Better Team. There's a page that, of course, you can go like, but the group is thousands of educators literally hanging out everywhere from, like, oh gosh, I wish I could say a range. It wouldn't even make sense. It's like K through college, administrative through teacher, first-year teacher, future teacher. It just seems to be an incredible spattering of educators pursuing their own growth journey. And then I guess personally, besides going to teachbetter.com, you can find me at Ray Hewart on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And Jeff, yours is just your name too, right? Yeah, I'm just at Jeff Gargas uh, on Instagram. I'm underscore Jeff Gargas. Ooh, underscore Because that pesky Jeff, Jeff Gargas in Chicago took it. I actually know him. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I want to mention, I want to harp on the Facebook group because it, it is really just an awesome community. And there's educators from all over the world in there. And they are constantly sharing and asking for advice and supporting. It's so often that our team can't even get to a question that's asked or an issue because the community that's in there just jumps all over it. And uh, I love it. It's that's Jeff, I kid you not, before we, do, we got on this podcast recording, I saw that we had a notification that somebody posted and I clicked on it. There was already 14 comments. It was some teacher <laughs> sharing their lesson plan and being like, can I get some feedback? And there was like oh, 14 that, comments already. I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to read the this. Collab the collaboration recording. is unbelievable in there. It's ridiculous. So if you're listening and you're not in there and, and we have collaborated, that's teachers, admins, everything. Go on to Facebook. It's Teach Better Team and it'll come up with that like race at our page and then our the group get in that group it's it's awesome we're yes, loving i'm it. definitely in that group and it, it is an amazing space so i love all the content you are putting out as a team and i just appreciate your time so much for our aspiring leaders tonight ray and jeff thank you so much for being on the program thanks for having us on josh appreciate it thanks for those interested in the teach better conference i'll be sending out a newsletter this week with the 50 dollars coupon code for those interested in the conference so make sure that you sign up for the aspire newsletter at joshstamper.com